This is The Intuitive Edge, episode 169. Intuition is the ability to acquire knowledge without recourse to conscious reasoning. Welcome to The Intuitive Edge. I'm Victoria Lynn Weston, your host. I'm an intuitive business consultant, entrepreneur, and founder of Studio Carlton. We're producers and developers of Amazon Alexa skills. I embrace big, bold ideas and love doing the unpredictable when it comes to helping business owners and professionals expand their brand, gain recognition, and attract new business. The future is here, and it's all about voice. Check out StudioCarlton.com. I'm also the founder of Aerial a new body, mind, and spirit community with vetted lifestyle consultants such as feng shui experts, life coaches, spiritual mediums, intuitive consultants. So if you're looking for a little help, and who doesn't need it these days, be sure to check out Ariel, A-Y-R-I-A-L.com, and connect with a vetted lifestyle consultant. Have you ever fantasized about living on a distant paradise, an international hub, or even just a beautiful location overseas? Well, business and lifestyle coach Dawn Fleming has literally been there and done that, and now she's living her best life. With her husband, she owns and operates Overseas Life Redesign, a global coaching and consulting company that encourages others to discover their dreams and turn them into reality just like that. She also hosts a podcast and shares success stories of international retirement, as well as advice for listeners seeking to leave their comfort zone and experience life abroad. Dawn is the author of Claim Your Dream Life, How to Retire in Paradise on a Shoestring Budget. We're going to talk about what to ask yourself before taking that first big leap to claim your dream life, how international retirement is easier than you ever would think, cultural acceptance and adaptation, three ideas to begin planning your escape, chasing your dreams, and traveling the globe. So let's go connect with Dawn and find out how to have our dream life and retire on a shoestring budget. And so Dawn Fleming, you are also an attorney turned alchemist. Yes, who, went, who went being afraid of dying at your desk to living her dream life in paradise. Now, you're an author and you're also a podcast host. I can't wait to hear about that. A serial entrepreneur and a lifestyle designer. And what's interesting is you have this awesome book about living in paradise, basically on a budget. Is that right? That's right. So tell me, first of all, I guess, you know, when, when you're dealing, being an attorney and a lot of things are very left brain thinking and you're probably very successful at it. And you think, you know, you reach a point, well, I'm done. Is that what the spark was or did something else sort of, you know, create that passion for you to look at living in paradise? I uh, guess. Um, but actually, you know what it was, um, Victoria, my husband and I, uh, I was number three for him. He was number two for me. And so we got married on our honeymoon in the British Virgin Islands. Uh We checked out, my husband calls it crossing over. We were gone for three weeks sailing, just he and I, bare boat charter in the British Virgin Islands. And we hadn't been in a car in three weeks. We got, flew into LAX. I had a client who owned a limo service. We used to trade services all the time. He picked us up in the limo. We got on the 405 freeway and there's six lanes of traffic in each direction, none of it moving. And we looked at each other and said, this is our life. And that was the wake up call. That was really the wake up call. We're like, wow, 
we don't have to do this. His kids were grown and gone. I never had any. I had moved there with my first husband. I had nothing keeping me there. And I just opened the conversation. I said, if you could live anywhere, where would you live? And uh, he said, uh, Florida, Destin, actually, he liked Destin. So that's really what started it was, was that checking out that crossing over, as he calls it. That's great. So to claim your dream life and how to retire in paradise on a shoestring budget has to be just an amazing book because I know you've done an extensive amount of research on it. And I want I guess the book came first. You know, the book came, the idea of the book came after you moved to uh, the islands or before that? Um, well, I, you know, Victoria, I've been threatening to write a book for, you know, well over a decade. <laughs> <laughs> At least you did it. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, what I had, um, I had a mind map that uh, if anyone else looked at it, it's like scary. Like, this is not a book, you know, this is, this is way beyond that. So no, it was actually uh, out of people asking, believe it or not. Uh, and, and that's really how my whole overseas life redesign brand came about. I did the podcast first, actually. Um, I just kept meeting all these really interesting people with amazing stories about how they had left their home country and, and you know, created their dream life. And so I just had this, I, I, my, I was an anthropology major, so I really enjoyed, you know, oral histories and, and studying different peoples and cultures and the way people do things. And so that's how it all started was just, just sitting down and having conversations like this and, and figuring out, you know, what did you do right? What did you, you know, wish you would have done differently? How has your life changed? How has it changed you? And it just supplied me with all of this incredible market research, if you will. And then um, my husband's really outgoing. So here we are, we live in paradise. We have our vacation villa that that's a rental. And he would just strike up conversations with strangers and, ask them where they were from and, you know, and they would say, well, where are you from? And he would say, oh, well, we live here. And they go, what? You live here? How did you do that? And that was really how it evolved. At first it was how, oh, you mean you can buy property in Mexico? Uh-huh. My wife's an international business attorney and, you know, she researched it. So actually created a program for, um, you know, how to protect your wealth by buying foreign real estate because I got tired of people asking me, and I, you know, made it affordable. I'm like, look, you know, I don't practice law anymore, but for less than an hour of attorney time here, here's all my, <laughs> my brilliance in a step-by-step -step program. And, right. and so that was the first thing I created. And then, yeah, it just sort of evolved from there. Then people were asking like, oh my gosh, where do I start? How do I create income? And so it was really just sort of guiding people uh, through the process that, that we had been through. Currently, you and your husband own and own and operate overseas life redesign, and you're yes. apparently it's a it's a global coaching and consulting company that encourages others to rediscover their dreams. Now, I talk about dreams and what you just described in, in great detail. It's all about going for the passion, and yes. and few people, you know, really have that have that opportunity because passion isn't just something. Oh, I'm going to go out and do this today. Passion is actually it's a euphoria to me. I've already said to friends, I said, if I could bottle up, you know, my moment of passion and put it in a bottle and you took a sip, I guarantee you'd be off on doing things that you never thought were possible. And, and so what you've described is going about your own passion. And I guess there, to me, there's no greater high in that. So you're doing everything you ever wanted to do. And, and you're, 
basically educating and really encouraging everybody else to do similarly. So I'm going to backtrack just a second. And where are you living at the moment? What was the name of the country? Yeah, we are in Mexico, uh, Isla Mujeres, uh, the island of women. And I've been coming here since 1992. It used to be a little hidden gem. Now we have 25,000 visitors a day, which is really good for our vacation villa. But um, yeah, it's, it's Cancun. Uh, that was part of the attraction is you can get to anywhere in the world, um, you know, an hour to Miami, two hours to Texas, three and a half hours to my home. What's the temperature like? Uh, right now it's, it, you know, it doesn't change much because of, of the sea temperature, but it's about 80. Um, it never really gets into the nineties. Um, and it doesn't get below about 65. And how are the taxes there? Um, well, our property taxes are less than $200 a year for a probably close to $2 million oceanfront villa. Ooh, are we uh, fancy? <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, it's always uh, good to be an attorney. You know, you always get those retainer fees coming in. Eventually, it all adds up to a dream home, right? <laughs> uh, well, no, I didn't get it because of that. But uh, my my California real estate probably helped me out a little bit. Oh, well, that's good though. It's good. But uh, yeah, but but no, the the taxes are. Uh, I, I have actually devote a whole chapter in my book, Claim Your Dream Life, um, on the topic of taxes because few people realize that is the biggest expense anybody has. Right. I think it's mortgage or housing. It's not. It's actually taxes. So you have a uh, a very uh, lavish style house, and the taxes are only about two hundred dollars a year. So that's pretty incredible on that end. So how's the food? Um, the food is amazing. I mean, that's one thing um, I have noticed is we haven't really, we've seen a little bit of inflation, but not me. I just got back from the United States, actually visiting my mom in Arizona. And I'm just astounded by the prices of everything, um, particularly groceries, groceries, but you know, Mexico produces their own food. And so it's, it's all locally grown uh, items that you see. So, and you know, I mean, beer is, it's funny, I, in my book, I talk about uh, being a sailor, sailors judge how expensive a place is by how much beer costs. Ah. <laughs> and beer's really cheap here. Um, they've had some supply chain issues, but it's not expensive. And uh, yeah, my husband went back to Seattle last summer, and I think it was $8 for a draft beer at this little tavern that he used to go to when he lived there, and was just shocked. Um, and they don't take cash either. It's all so they get like French wine flown in or, or what? Um, there's pretty good. Yeah, there's a good selection. Uh, there, There's, um, you know, that's one thing that's sort of a little bit of a misnomer. People think, oh, Mexico, they're poor. Actually, they have a very robust middle class. We have uh, Costco, uh, Walmart, Home Depot, uh, just a ferry ride away. We take the car ferry over and, and do our little shopping excursions. But uh, Amazon Mexico is has really improved in the five years since we've been here. We can get certain things uh, from eBay and, and uh, Amazon US as well, but uh, it's really uh, it's really affordable. And you know that's one of the things, Victoria. I think why why people are so interested in this is you know uh, people my my target market is forty to sixty five. And according to the Federal Reserve, like 42% of the folks aged 45 to 54 have zero retirement savings. And the median is 100K. How are you ever going to retire on that in the U.S., right? And so I call it a geo-arbitrage. 
basically being able to retain the same income and lowering your expenses. So if you can reduce your living expenses by 50% and dramatically increase your quality of life, why not? So you talk about how to retire in paradise on a shoestring budget. So you're kind of highlighting that, that a lot of people in their uh, mid uh, mid 40s and, and mid 50s don't really have a, a big chunk saved for retirement. I imagine that's true across the board and in many other countries as well. So sure. how do you encourage somebody that's uh, still working, for instance? I mean, do you suggest that they go buy a property like where you're at right now in Mexico and then use it as a segue, you know, for 10 years to make it a retirement? Um, some people do that. I actually have a good friend who who's done that. Uh, she lives in Atlanta and, and she bought a condo down here. She's running it as a, she completely re, rehabbed it. It was like an empty shell when she bought it, but she really saw the potential. And, I, and that's why we've done so well with our property is our property today looks nothing like what it looked like five years ago. So being able to spot those, you know, properties with potential, you can do really well. That said, it's not that easy to have a vacation rental or even, you know, potentially a long-term rental when you're not in the area. I still have a rental in Florida and it just turned over. And so it's like, you know, I've got to deal with that um, and I'm not in the area. So you, you do have to think about these things. But when I uh, talk about sort of exploring the process, one of the, there's kind of three three steps, three suggestions on figuring that out. Number one, vacation with a purpose, meaning that use vacations to go do reconnaissance missions and, and visit places that you think you might be interested in going to. And then if you find a place that you think, oh, this has potential, do what my friend Diane calls a beta test. You know, when they introduce a new software, they always beta test it. Well, go live like a local for a month or two, not a tourist, you go to the market, you know, you do all the things that a local would do. And then the third thing is be open to changing locations. Rent, don't buy. We spent six years in Florida before, after we left California, and we rented for six years, two years in the Panhandle and four years in Southwest Florida. We're really glad we did because as it turned out, you know, Northwest Florida uses the words wind chill in the weather forecast. And I'm from Minnesota and I didn't want anything to do with that. And then the, you know, South Florida um, just wasn't our cup of tea culturally. And so we were unencumbered by real estate and were able to just say, mm, no, let's try somewhere else. And I always say, you know, we're not trees. We're not required to grow where we're planted. We can go somewhere else. Right. And, yeah. So what are the, um, a couple of questions that you want to encourage listeners, you know, before they take that first step to claim their dream life? I mean, what are the questions that you want to ask yourself? Well, it's, there's kind of two different angles you can go on that. So in chapter six of claim your dream life, I actually have something that's called, are you ready for an overseas life quiz? And it's actually 21 questions with six different categories, everything from research and planning to your finances, to your disposition, right? To communication, health and well-being. And you kind of go through these questions and it's it's sort of a, a self-reflection and go, okay, is, you know, where am I at on this, um, on this scale? You just rank yourself one to 10, on a scale of one to 10 and figure out, am I really, uh, is this really something that I should consider? And then the, that's sort of the internal piece of it. And then in chapter three, I talk about how you go about picking a location. 
and what to consider, you know, your lifestyle, your activities, your climate, your how accessible places. Like I said, Cancun Airport was one of the attractive things for us here. The culture, the language, how important are these things to you as you're thinking about what you want your future to look like? Right. So how did your intuition play into making some of these decisions? I mean, these major life decisions that you did to move from the United States to uh, a foreign country as in Mexico. Uh, well, I, I, I'm a, it's, it's interesting question, uh, Victoria. So yes, I'm trained as an attorney. So there's definitely the left brain activity that's going on. The, the planner, the, the strategist, all of that. That said, I, I have a really strong artistic side to me as well. I paint murals and things like that. So I was definitely a very intuitive lawyer uh, when I was practicing. Uh, my clients used to tell me all the time I call them, they'd say, I was just thinking about you. And I, it, was, it was so common, it became a joke. And I said, well, didn't I tell you I'm psychic? And they would laugh and um, <laughs> <laughs> really true. So just, I, I think you're right. There is definitely an intuitive piece to it. But that, um, and it's really a good thing. I think as children, you know, we're, we're discouraged from dreaming and, and especially daydreaming, we get in trouble and, and really tapping into that, uh, that inner knowing, that uh, subconscious desire and getting really clear about what turns you on, what brings you joy. Just like Exactly. It goes back to that passion thing. It goes back yeah, to goes what right are you passionate about? And I think, sadly, a lot of people that kind of, um, allow themselves to get stuck, you yes. know, in some of the mundane positions and career choices they've made. Sometimes they have to, they have no choice and they get stuck and then they lose that creativity and that, you know, wonder and curiosity that a two-year-old has or a three-year-old has. And I think that's, that's part of it, you know, being able to sort of visualize it as you highlight in the book about where it is you really want to go and, and what's your budget and all that type of thing. Um, so how is the, how is the international retirement easier than most of us think? I think it's kind of scary. Um, <laughs> but I think, what I, again, when, I, when, I, when your publicist sort of pitched the story, I thought, oh, this is really cool because it's sort of something I, I sort of daydream about. And then I think, oh, I don't know. When I hear Mexico, I think about all the other bad stuff on the other side of Mexico that's happening. I mean, and it brings me to the question, if I can ask this first, what are the politics like in some of these foreign countries that you might encourage people to move to? Well, that's an interesting question. So I just did a podcast interview with a, a friend of mine. She, uh, we're, we were, uh, were business colleagues and she moved, she and her husband and actually uh, her co-founder of her company moved from Australia to New York City. Oh my gosh. And so I was really curious to ask her coming from Australia to the U.S., like, what are you, what are some of the big cultural differences? And actually that was one of the things she said is Gosh, people are so obsessed with politics here. No cares <laughs> in Australia. And it's funny, as you get, that's one of the reasons I think it's so important to travel. Get out of the United States. The rest of the world doesn't care as much about politics, and they certainly don't care as much about work. Americans are obsessed with work. And that was the other thing that she told me. And I said, gosh, you know, I mean, other countries, they'll take off two months right? And go on vacation. Not Americans. I mean, I have American friends that have, a you know, a bajillion weeks of vacation and they won't use them. Like, what are you waiting for? You know, you don't, you don't get to, <laughs> you're not going 
gonna uh, have your heirs take over your vacation time. I mean, come but on. people get scared. I mean, they get scared if they leave the office for too long. They lose their footing, and then their their energy, and and then there's somebody else always eager to take their place. It's probably one reason why they get scared to take yes, too much yes, time absolutely. off. You know. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, you know, the rest of the world, I mean, that's part of your mental health. That's what makes you more productive as an employee is to have those breaks and get your batteries recharged. So the fact that the U.S. culture doesn't value that is really sad uh, for people. They don't give them the space to be able to have a life. It's all work all the time and, you know, the electronic leashes. So let's suppose that people want to go to their vacation. I mean, this uh, dream paradise. How do you um, sort of bring them about if they still want to work? Maybe they still want to work that nine to five job with another company in a foreign country. What they want is paradise. Sure. And that's totally doable. I have stories upon stories I can tell you. I mean, one of my favorite interviews was uh, with a single mom who moved from Texas to Mexico with three daughters she makes $100,000 a year. She lives like a millionaire. Oh, she wow. has a staff of six people, oh including gosh. a nanny for her toddler. She has a, a right-hand woman who does all her meal planning, all her grocery shopping. She has a, a housekeeper that comes every single day. She's got a handyman that takes care of her yard and her anything that breaks, takes her car to the mechanic. Her focus is 100% on her children when she's not working and she has a pretty demanding job, but I mean, you know, she doesn't have the stress that American moms have. And she's, she's not an older woman. She's not retired. She's made the conscious decision to get out of the United States to give herself and her children a much better quality of life than they could ever have in the U S. That's really good. Yeah, her rent is like $300 a month for like a two-acre property. With the Oh, large. my gosh. So in what country is that? Mexico. What part? She's in Mexico. She's in Michoacan, which is a poor area, but she's actually in a resort area, not where two U.S. or foreign tourists go, but where, where Mexican tourists go. It's in the mountains. She said the climate's like Southern California at a fraction of the cost, like one-tenth the cost. Of wow. what Southern California. And, and just a couple of other quick stories. Um, George White is in his early 70s. He's an international house hunter, lived in Florida for many, many years, tried California for five years, didn't care for it, started doing international house sitting. He's a voice actor, used to have a radio show. And so he still has clients from all over. He can do that from anywhere. For two and a half years, he, he house sat. Just he was in Rome, outside of Rome, the last, when I did the interview, and his both his personal and bank account have doubled in two and a half years of him doing it because he has no rent, he has no car, he he you know he has a place, you know lovely place. He probably has no pets. <laughs> no pets, no. But he loves. That's his job. He cuddles pets and and waters plants. Let me ask you this about owning real estate in a foreign country, because a lot of countries like Greece in particular, you might own it. Then the government comes in. They want to take it away. Well, it's interesting you ask about that, Victoria, because I have a whole chapter in Claim Your Dream Life devoted to real estate and the idea that buying property outside the U.S. is more risky than buying in. And I make the case as a lawyer and cite case law that the Supreme Court's uh, seminal rulings basically okayed the private right of eminent domain, meaning large corporations can come in and buy out whole neighborhoods and 
you know, in, in most countries, eminent domain is strictly for the government and it must be for public benefit. That's not the case. That's just one of many instances of how things, I mean, then there's civil asset forfeiture, meaning you can have your property stripped away from you with no due process whatsoever. Right. And it, the burden is on you to prove that you were innocent. It basically is, is charging property as criminal. If, for example, you have a tenant that's dealing drugs in a house, they'll take your house from you. The house is guilty and they can sell it. And this is a huge problem in the United States. And it's not like that in other countries. So I go through that, that uh, whole exercise and it's really, uh, it, it, it's, there's a lot of information that people just don't realize. And I've, I've, as an attorney, I've seen it and it's happened. And it just seems like we are getting, we're, we're losing privacy. We're, we're losing our rights in the United States. And there are actually a lot of other countries that have, and, and that's another topic that I address in the uh, Claim Your Dream Life as well, is this um, dangerous myth of American exceptionalism. Oh, we're the greatest country on the world, on the earth. And the reality of it is, if you don't get outside your country, you have no idea how others see you, right? And I saw that in, in my first trip abroad way back when I was still in college. My, my first husband and I backpacked around Europe and I had an opportunity to see how others view uh, the USA and Americans. And some of it, it's not all negative, but you know, it really gives you a different perspective versus never leaving your country. What are the five ways to save and continue earning during retirement overseas? Right. So, um, First of all, know your numbers. It's astounding to me how many people don't have a good handle on their income, their expenses, their net worth, knowing your numbers. You've got to know your numbers, right? You have to, to know what your income and expenses are to begin with. Um, the second thing is to simplify or declutter. And you can convert a lot of stuff to cash. A lot of people think, oh, you know, I can't afford it. But if they liquidated the things that they have, uh, you know, I had a cute little sports car that I sold that did, wasn't going to serve me. My husband had a, a 30-year-old BMW motorcycle. I mean, we, we ended up with a lot of cash when we left because we were able to liquidate a lot of our stuff that just simply wasn't going to fit into our new lifestyle. Um, the second thing is discovering your Earn in Paradise Freedom Formula. What's that? I go, it's an exercise I go through and claim your dream life, but it's basically figuring out your passions. What are you passionate about? What are your skills and matching those up and brainstorming? How can we turn that into income? If that's what you need to do, if you're not in a position to retire, completely retire, which I don't recommend it, even if you are. And I tell people, if, if you have money and that's not an issue, you should still do that exercise to figure out like, what can you contribute? The other thing, get rid of debt. Debt is, will make you a slave. And that is, it's very difficult to get out of debt in the United States because you're constantly feeding the monster, the monthly bills, the keeping up with the Joneses. And so simplifying and downsizing is really a smart strategy before you move overseas. And then um, the last one I would say is, like I said, rent first. 
don't think about investing um, overseas, especially a place that you're not familiar with. We did because I had been coming here since 1992. I was very familiar with this island. We looked at real estate for many, many, many years before we ever made that investment. And then um, my friend Diane learned the lesson the hard way is most people don't uh, do year leases. It's month to month. And that's fine. And that's all you want to do, because then you get on the ground, you can network and find other places that you may not be aware of. She made the mistake of, of signing a year lease when she got here from Texas and, you know, ended up not being a great place. It was dark. It didn't have light and uh, had a difficult landlord. And she said, you know, I don't know why he signed a lease, I guess, because I that's what we do in the U.S. Right. So don't bring your your cultural uh, baggage with you that's gonna gonna hurt you. So she ended up finding a much better place at a much better price, um, but uh, it was it was a little bit of a, a financial lesson to to realize that she shouldn't have really signed the lease. So how does somebody really plan, you know, re retirement in a foreign country? Paradise, as we'll say. I mean, do, do people have to go to all these little countries or islands? I mean, what do you recommend that somebody does right out of the chute? Well, it, it, again, it go, kind of goes back to the clarity on what you're looking for. I mean, uh, there's, you know, there's a, a gentleman in the space um, that I'm in that is solely focused on seven and eight figure earners. Obviously, folks in that category have completely different interests in connection with, you know, asset protection, wealth management, you know, minimizing taxes, all of that versus someone who's trying to survive on Social Security. Right. And so that's one of the things that I uh, mentioned in, in chapter three is are what what class are you first class? Are you economy? I mean, what are what are your what's your driver there? Is it is it um, how much does financial have to do with that? Because that's going to drive your decisions as you're thinking about what your options are. You're not wanting wanting to go to a high ticket uh, destination if you're trying to survive on, on just Social Security. So what about if somebody wants to go to Spain? I mean, is, is Spain a good place for somebody to set up their oh, paradise home? You, oh, you picked one of our favorites. So my husband actually uh, was an electrical engineer. He's retired now, but he did some work in Spain, actually in Madrid and uh, also the coast of Spain, um, Tarifa. He installed the security cameras actually on the, the South coast. Um, they had an immigration problem with, with small boats coming over. So I, I went with them. We love Spain. The, um, the, the challenge with Spain from a, a retirement standpoint or a, a relocation standpoint is they're a very high tax jurisdiction. Really? So as much as we love visiting there, it's not a place I would consider moving to. If you like that sort of thing, actually, Portugal right next door is a very, very popular destination for folks that are moving abroad. Oh, very good. So what do you say the magic number is to retire comfortably and find paradise? <laughs> well, actually, Victoria, I don't believe there is a magic number. And I talk about that it is, you know, unfortunately, the, the markets are very manipulate, manipulated. The economy is very precarious, in my opinion. And I am focused on cash flow, monthly cash flow, not some magic number. Because if you have cash flow coming in, if you know, and if you want to upgrade your lifestyle, then increase your cash flow. And that's what I focus on. And that's what I teach um, to my academy members is what is it, what do you need each month to live the lifestyle that you want? And then let's go create that. Now, do you recommend people to go out when they go find their paradise home to buy, <clears throat> excuse me, a rental property and have that be part of their cash flow? 
You know, it's not a bad strategy. Um, actually, I, I came across that in uh, when I was, I'm on the, the Help a Reporter Out uh, feed, and I saw something about house hacking. And I thought, what the heck is house hacking? And that's apparently the term for it is buying a place that allows you to also have income. And I think it's a brilliant strategy. And, uh, you know, I actually, our account here in Mexico, he and his wife uh, saved up, they bought a piece of land, they built a two unit apartment building with plans to build um, two more on the, the top of that and live in one of them and rent out the other three units. And, you know, they do things a little bit differently down here. People pay cash. 90% of the real estate market down here is cash. There's no mortgages. And so people here are, that's what they do. They're like, okay, I bought this plot of land. Okay, I'm going to build this section. All right, now I'm going to build this section. And it's piecemeal and they pay as they go. But it, it so you're basically investing in concrete right? That's what, that's what the, the properties are, are built of. And it's, it's great. I mean, then you've got that revenue coming in and, you know, there's no mortgage, so, you know, the taxes are very minimal. So it's, it's essentially pure profit, right? To the extent that, you know, you have to do repairs and so forth, obviously, but it's a, uh, it's a, it's not a bad strategy. So the house that we had, it was a, a two bedroom first level and a studio on the second floor. We basically turned it into a micro hotel, so it had some design flaws. Sat, it was only four years old, good bones, best builder on the island, but it, it sat on the market for a year, no offers. And we saw the potential double ocean front lot, no height restriction, met with the builders, said, can we do this? Can we do this? He, they, I, I, they said, yes, yes, yes. We put in a pool. We built out the second floor, two ocean front suites. So that was our four bedroom, four bath vacation villa. The suites have separate entrances, so we can rent them out separately in low season. Now we've added a third level, um, which is our apartment that we live in. And now we have a rooftop terrace that uh, is above all the other buildings around us. It's a 360 degree view. You can see all the way to Cancun skyline and the whole Caribbean on the other side. That's incredible. That's it's incredible. quadrupled in value. So, but it was because, and that goes back to that exercise that I talked about earlier, that imagination, that vision, and what Lisa did with her condo that was an empty shell. She didn't see it for what it was. She saw it for what it could be. And that's why, that's the, the magic of doing well, in my opinion, is to see things that others don't see. Right. So you and your husband own this overseas life redesign is that like this coaching group and people consult with you in that yes yes it's uh and what's uh, involved in the process in that so somebody wants to you know consult with you how do you what are the first steps i was doing these uh, free workshops five-day workshops and it just taking people through these this process that actually became the book so the book actually is the result of my free five-day workshops. And of course, it's in much more detail than what we were able to do in, in just the one-hour day for the five-day workshops. So that was how it all started. And then um, my academy program was basically walking through the process of my formula, which is clarity plus focus plus action equals results. So you got to start with the clarity, right? And, and uh, I, people used to kind of look at me funny when I was a business attorney. I, I, did, I was a, um, 
a transactional attorney. So I helped a lot of businesses get started. And so they would come see me and want to get their, their company set up. And one of the first questions I would ask them is, what's your exit strategy? And they go, exit strategy? What do you mean? I'm just getting started. I said, yeah, but where you're going to go, you know, where you want to go is, is going to help set it up properly. If this is a legacy company, that's different than building it up and selling it, right? And so you, you need to take into consideration, start with the end result. And so that's where I start with people is what do you want your life to look like ultimately? Then we work backwards to create it. So getting that clarity, and if you don't have that, the analogy I use is taking our sailboat out on the ocean. If we could just take our boat on the ocean and we didn't set a course, we'd end up somewhere. Might be on the rocks. You know, when we were in California, we set a course to go to Catalina. We didn't set a course to Catalina. We could end up in Hawaii. We could end up, you know what I mean? And so you got to set that course on where you want to go. Then you can focus on, all right, what are the obstacles? What is, what are the actions that need to take place in order for me to create this end result? And that tells you what you need to focus on. Your overseas life redesign. How do people sign up? Is, is there a website they can go to? And Well, um, thank you for asking that. I um, do have a website. It's uh, opats.com. And the, there, there's a um, paradise checklist there that is free, you can get that. And then that actually also uh, will subscribe you to my Paradise Post newsletter. And I have a uh, Facebook community called Claim Your Dream Life. And I do a weekly live show in there. So there's actually a lot of resources available uh, that I, uh, information I provide at no charge. Well, Don, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. I love the idea um, of retiring in paradise. So your book, everybody should read it, Claim Your Dream Life, How to Retire in Paradise on a Shoestring Budget. And Don Fleming, the author, outlines a a great bit of detail. And I guess you can go to her website and uh, take the beta test to make sure that living out of the United States is really what you are destined to do. And if you want to coach with her, that's even more exciting. Overseas Life Redesigned with Dawn Fleming and her husband. Thank you. I think at the end of the day, though, when you take these tests and you decide on on moving in that, I think it's really about following your intuition because there's no better way to trust your intuition and test it by exploring things you've never explored before. So you're out out of a comfort zone on one end and you're going to a foreign country and saying, is this it? Is it should be a here? And you're looking for you know, those signs, those gut feelings and, you know, visualizations um, to say this is the right place to go. Yes, absolutely. And there you go. Thanks, Don. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. So we learned a lot today from John Fleming, lifestyle coach and the author of Living in Paradise and Retiring on a Shoestring Budget. I highly recommend the book. Even if you're not retiring, just being able to have a vacation home somewhere else on a shoestring budget is pretty exciting, too. It's a pleasure to have her here. I hope you enjoyed the show. Meanwhile, if you're a professional or business owner and you want to expand your brand to a voice platform such as Amazon Alexa, be sure to check out StudioCarlton.com. I am the owner CEO and we can take your company. We can show you how to engage, interact and expand your audience on a voice platform. It's really exciting. Have a good day.